Welcome to Brit David Podcast and the conclusion to Pastor David Lick's message. What do you have? From 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Here's Pastor David. So here she is. They shut the door. Some miracles in the Bible are done to attract people's attention. Some miracles in the Bible were done in secret. Even Jesus healed a man of healed a man and told him don't go tell nobody about it so they're in this building they're in their home the doors are shut why because God's about ready to do a miracle in that house they didn't know what was going to happen I'm sure her sons were sitting there and I have a feeling that one son was handing mom a an empty jar and she took that little bit of oil and began to pour that oil and the more that she tilted it, it never stopped running out till this, till this container was full. Then the other son goes, oh, wait a minute. And he takes it and he goes over here and he, he puts it over here. And then the other son, and they repeat that process over and over and over again. Till it comes to the point where all of a sudden, the one son's going, oh, we don't have anything else to fill. I would be that person. I would be looking for anything, medicine bottles. Because, I mean, man, we got the gravy train flowing. There is oil running free. And then the Bible says that when they couldn't find any other containers, look at the last part of verse 6. But he replied, there aren't any more. Then the oil stopped. Now, in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, oil is somewhat of a symbol of the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about this. How much room do you have in your life for God to fill you? I mean, think about it. Oh, well, we sing that song, uh, I surrender all, but we really don't. We surrender what's comfortable. I am a movie nut. I love to watch TV. I love it. One of the movies that I don't ever recommend watching it. But there's a funny scene. My dad looked like Burt Reynolds, by the way. So any movie that had Burt Reynolds in it, we as children had to watch it because dad thought it was him on TV. He just wished that my mom was Lonnie Anderson probably several times, but uh, didn't happen. But there was a movie called The End with Burt Reynolds in it. And in this movie, Burt Reynolds finds out that he doesn't have long to live. And so he's going to go out and he's going to do as much stuff as he wants. But he hires this guy. Don't remember the character, but the actor's name was Don DeLuise. He was a nerd. Stupid, but he was rich. So I guess, you know, he goes to prove that even dumb people can make money. Um... And he hires him. He says, listen, I don't want to die from this, this illness, so I want you to kill me at some point. And he's like going, okay, no problem. And I'll pay you. Can I get paid first? And so he pays him and everything. So anyway, long story short, he's tried several times. It doesn't work. So finally, Burt Reynolds' character, he just says, that's it. I'm going to swim out as far as I can in the ocean, swim down as deep as I can, and just die. And so he goes out there, and he swims out there, and he he goes down as deep as he can, and then all of a sudden he realizes, I want to live. And so he starts swimming back up, and the, the music and the heartbeat and all this stuff, and all of a sudden he comes up, and he, he comes up out of that water, and he yells, I want to live. And then he realizes he swam out a long ways. 
And he begins to swim to shore. As he's swimming to shore, he begins to pray. Now, Lord, if you get me to shore, I'll go to church every Sunday. I will give you 90% of everything I make. I will help old women, young women. I will carry even, I will carry women across the street, Lord. I will do so many, I will be in church on every Sunday. Lord, just make me a better swimmer. He gets a little bit closer. Lord, please make me a better swimmer. I'm going to give you half of everything that I make. I'll go to church at least once a month. Lord, please just help me be a better swimmer. He gets so a little bit closer. Lord, I'll, I'll make it to church on Easter and, Sun, and, and Christmas. Lord, I will do exactly whatever you... Lord, I will give you some money. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll help out. Finally, he gets to shore. And he's laying there and he goes, Lord, I, I'll, I'll keep my word. I'll be in church one time a month as long as the month starts with the letter Z. And I'll give you some money as long as, you know, uh, don't ask for too much in return. And he's sitting there and he's made all of this bargaining with God. And all of a sudden he opens his eyes and there's Don DeLuise standing over him with a spear gun. Getting ready to shoot him. He goes, Lord, make me a better runner. I'll give you 100% of everything I make. You know, so many times people try to bargain with God. God, if you do this, I'll do this. Let me just put it to you this way, folks. God's already done more than enough. And there's nothing that you have that he needs. I remember talking to a politician one day. And somebody asked this politician this question. Can you be bought fair enough question he said I've got enough money nobody can buy me I kind of liked his answer he didn't win of course because he was an honest person but anyway we won't go there God will take what you have and multiply it beyond your wildest dreams all he's asking for you to do is have faith what if this woman just would have simply sold Elisha I it's not enough to worry about. There's nothing here. I, I'm not going to do that. We don't even have enough to start with. What if their sons just would have said, Mom, you're crazy. You're still grieving. Dad was a wonder. We'll just go to the, you know, we'll let this guy take us. Mom, it's not the end of life, but don't embarrass us, Mom. Don't send us out to ask for empty jars and containers. Mom, don't ask us to do that. You know what that kind of told me? Something about this man who we don't know who he was. Not only did his wife believe in God, but the kids saw mom and dad and trusted mom and dad's faith in a God that they could not see. So that they said when the prophet said to do this, they didn't question. Nowhere in that scripture do we see, well, the kids said, the boy said, well, do we really have to? They just went and did it. And so when the oil stopped, they were filled. Everything was full. What is in your life that needs to be moved so that God can fill it. We have so much going on in our lives today. Sports. I love sports. I really do. You all have seen me walk in with my... Na I love NASCAR. I, you know, I love driving fast. I don't have a need for speed, but I, I, apparently my family don't let me drive. Or if I do, they don't ride with me. I don't know what it is. I think I'm a good driver. I mean, feel like I am. But I love that sport. I love to watch football. I even like to watch baseball every once in a while. I even like to watch golf. 
Although when the doctor told me, take up a hobby, take up golf, it's a great stress reliever. No, it caused more stress. I mean, that ball doesn't always go straight. You know, it kind of goes to the left, it kind of goes to the right. Never goes in the hole, but anyway, it, you know, it, it was out there. And so Jesus, or, so Elijah, he's like, go do this. And so when everything had happened, she went and told the man of God what had happened. Look at verse 7. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. The first thing she was supposed to do, go take care of the debtor. Don't, don't put up a nest egg. Don't, don't go buy you a new horse. Don't, don't, go, don't go do this. Don't go, go pay off those people that are coming after you. Because you came to me, first of all, and said, the creditors are coming for my children. I think Brother Tim and I know Brother Bob back here has had this happen a lot of times. People will come in there and they'll say, well, what I, I need food. And you get back here and you start talking to them and you find out, well, I really don't need food. What I really need is I need $385 to pay my electric bill. But I thought you needed food. Well, what I really need is that. They kind of come under false pretenses. A lot of times people will call and say, I just need to talk to David. Well, there's no money available. I know, but if I could just talk to him, that's all I need to do is talk to him. And as soon as I answer the phone, hello, this is David. What can I, how can I help you? Then the floodgates open. I said, okay, I don't have the gift of discernment here right now. I don't have the gift of interpretation. I don't know what tongue you're using right now. I just, you know, you know suck it up. Let's talk for a second. I don't know what I'm going to do. And they start telling you the story. It doesn't change the fact I don't have any money. The tears doesn't change it. The only person that can produce something from nothing is God. Even science can't even do it. God spoke into nothingness, nothing, emptiness, complete void, and created this wonderful universe. Created light before there was even a substance to have light. I'd always, always kind of messed me up a little bit in vacation Bible school. How did God create light, but he didn't create the sun yet? Man, God must be awful bright himself, huh? Jesus, the radiance of Jesus just shines forth. And so she takes this, she sells everything, she pays off her debt, and now her and her sons can now live comfortably without fear of being taken into slavery. You know, God doesn't always have an easy route for all of us, does he? You know, Tammy Wynette, whoever it was, you know, I never promised you, Conway Twitty, never promised you a rose garden. I don't like roses. They got them little things on thorns on them. They stick you. But think about it, folks. God never promised us an easy life. So many people today and so many preachers today preach, well, if you just give your heart and life to the Lord, your life's going to be easy. No, it's not. It's going to get harder. I mean, Satan has you now, so he don't care. But the minute he loses you, he turns up the heat. He's like, oh, now I'm mad. You went over to the other side. It's like becoming an Alabama fan. Oh, I did not say that. Um, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me for that. Um, but I mean, you know, we, we, we take sports more serious sometimes than we do God. I mean, I don't see any in here, and I'm looking. But won't we wear something that identifies us with a team? Big A, little G colors you know we even got flags on our car Braves fan dog fan 
them other fans. We're not ashamed to admit it, are we? We, Matter of fact, I might have stirred up a little bit of dandruff. Oh, now preacher, you shouldn't have done that. But why is it that we can take a stand for a team but not take a stand for God? Why is it that we can identify as being a Bulldog or Alabama fan or an Auburn fan but we can't be a fan of God? Why is it that we're kind of ashamed of that? I remember a preacher one time, he and his wife got tickets to go watch the Dallas Cowboys play football at the stadium there in Dallas back when Roger Stallback was the quarterback. It was cold that day. He said it was really, really cold. And there was guys out there with no shirt on that painted big old stars on their chest. And they were like, and his wife said, look, there's the Dallas Cowboys. He just kind of shrugged his shoulders. About that time, the music started up and some fireworks happened. And here comes these football players running out. And he says, there's the Dallas Cowboys. Those are just dumb fans. Those are the real players. You know, sometimes for us folks, we, we know we have a little bit of oil in the house. But we'd rather hang on to that little bit of oil than to maybe go even ask for help. You see, in closing, that woman, she had to go ask for help. She asked Elisha first for help. Then she had to go ask others. I think one of the greatest things about being a member of a church is knowing that you don't have to go to church by yourself. That there's people here that love you. There's a pastor and his family that care tremendously about you or they wouldn't have stayed as long as they have. But you don't have to go through life alone. We may lose loved ones, as Brother Tim preached about this morning. And that's hard. I never tell anybody I know what you're going through because I don't know what your dad was to you. I know what my dad was to me. But I don't know what, my, what, your, what your dad was to you. So I can't say I know how you feel. I can identify with the loss of a family, but I don't know how you feel. You may have hated your dad. You may have loved your dad. I don't know. So I don't even say I know how you feel or I know what you're going through because I don't. But I can tell you I know the one who does know exactly what you're going through and his name is Jesus. And he wants to be there for you. And he wants to fill you. But sometimes we need to get rid of those things in our life that we don't need. Or things that become more important than just serving God. Maybe we haven't reached that point of desperation yet. Maybe we're not desperate enough. I knew a guy one time and he said about once every two months he would just put an ad in the paper saying my car is for sale. His wife always got mad at him every time he did it. She said, why do you do that? He said, well, it's not my car. It's God's car. Well, what if somebody says they want to buy it? Then I guess I'll sell it to them. Well, what are we going to do for transportation? I don't know. That's God's problem. I always thought that was a little bit of a snot. You know, I, I thank God that I got something to drive. I'm thankful for God that when it's summertime, I've got air conditioning. When it's wintertime, I've got heat. You know, I don't necessarily have to have a radio, but those other things are kind of, you know, I'm thankful for those things. But what is, how desperate am I for God? 
If I lost it all and had Jesus, is he still enough for me? Or is there something else? Nowhere in Scripture do I find you need God and A, B, and C. It doesn't exist. You need God and you need to do A, B, and C. No, you just need God. When you have God, he supplies A, B, and C. You just have to accept it and follow it. And so tonight, what do you have? What do you have in your house? What do you have in your life that God can use to help you, to help others? That miracle, the only ones that that saw that miracle happen was that widow and her two children. Even Elisha wasn't present during that miracle. I would have liked to have known what was going on in their minds as the oil never stopped until the containers were full. Pour yourself out of everything. Pour yourself out of everything and let the Spirit fill you completely. Then, and only then, can you be fully used by God and for God. Let us pray. Father, I thank you tonight for everything that you've given to us. Lord, I thank you for the privilege to just share these words with these people. I thank you for Brother Tim and this church. Um, Lord, I pray that you fill us with your spirit. Lord, we all have something, and we may not even know what it is. Maybe we haven't, maybe we haven't reached the point of desperation where we've started looking yet. We're still looking for that miracle to happen in such a way that it really cost us nothing. It's, no, we're not going to have to put any effort in. We're just going to go out and there's just going to be a check in the mailbox. I'm not going to have to put any effort into it. It's just going to happen. And yet, Lord, in the back of the closet, underneath some shoe boxes, there's something there that you can use. Even in our lives, Lord, there's something that you can use if we'll just bring it to you and pour it out before you and let you do the filling. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Tim thanks Pastor David Licks for his message today, and he wants to thank you for joining us here on Brit David Podcast. He would also like to invite you to check out our past messages here on our podcast library. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.